It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And the head coach, the Baylor women's basketball, Nikki Collin, joining us now since we last talked to her. She's been overseas. She's been in Greece. She's been in Italy. She's been on all kinds of, uh, uh, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a very busy and interesting offseason. But, uh, Coach, we're excited, and no one, believe me, I know you've poured over this uh, schedule that just came out. I believe it was Tuesday. I'm sure you and your staff have looked at this thing from a lot of different uh, directions, but I love a schedule. So I, I just know I've been breaking this thing down. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it's always kind of fun, isn't it, to finally you sort of know you you kind of know in general who you're going to play. Although it's kind of interesting now with this new schedule and the new schools coming in. But once you have it in front of you, that's what's that feeling like for a coach? Is it is it kind of fun? Is it stressful? What's the what is your process when you when you get that schedule in front of you? It's it's here. I mean, it makes it feel like we're here. You know, I think it's it's uh, as you're putting the non-conference schedule, you certainly know uh, what that looks like. Fortunately, we knew. You know, we had asked um, from a league perspective, the coaches had asked, like, can you at least tell us? Who are we playing twice? Who are we playing one time? Mm. You know, as you're finishing out your schedule to try to balance sometimes your non-conference, depending on, you know, who you might see twice in the league, you know, you're going to see everybody once, but um, you know, an imbalanced schedule is, is something new um, for everyone in this league um, in, in terms of um, how you balance that with, with what you do uh, with teams net wise and otherwise to, to prepare you for that schedule. So um, certainly not an easy schedule. I don't know that anybody has one, you know, I think every coach pours over it and you want to know, you know, a big thing for me is how much prep time do I have? Like that's uh-huh. something, you know, the, the Saturday, Monday, um, turnaround is always tough. Um, but you also know that like, those are opportunities for your team to be showcased on linear TV and on a national with a national audience. Um, so you, you kind of have to take the, the good with the bad in those situations um, you know, and so I think uh, there are there are some tough, you know, parts of our schedule, but I think it, that's across the board. I mean, every coach is going to look at it and, and look at tough stretches. And, you know, I don't think there are many easy nights um, or days on our schedule. So, you know, we're going to have to show up and, and really compete at a high level, you know, day in and day out. You know, do you – I was talking to Scott the other day, and, you know, I, I think he's still in that mindset of he wishes he could play everybody twice, and obviously because of the numbers, you can't do it. But it is jolting after all these years of, kind of looking at these things and go, wait, where's where's this other Iowa State game? You know, where's this um, – Is that, how do you uh, – is in some ways – I mean, this will be fun because it's a different kind of thing – but it it had to be very odd, even when you got that maybe early news to go. Wait, we're not playing them twice. That's that had to be a little bit strange because uh, every coach is sort of a creature of habit, and uh, seemingly, and that's it's just kind of odd, isn't it? When you get that imbalanced schedule and somebody that's kind of a a rival, and you're used to seeing twice, you don't see twice. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I the, the kind of the concept of the tagline one true champion um, is, is truly um, a thing um, when you're playing everyone yeah. twice. Um, you know, certainly you may have a tougher stretch or, um, you know, in terms of preparation, but, you know, you can't, when you get a regular season champion in the big 12 from the past, it, you had earned it. You had absolutely earned it. And not to say that anyone who wins it um, going forward with an, you know, unbalanced schedule is, is not, um, hasn't done the work, doesn't deserve it or anything like that. But um, a champion may be dictated, you know, by what that schedule looks like. Um, And, you know, someone, and and it's really hard to predict year in and year out. And it's going to be harder to predict with the portal because teams can change overnight. So, you know, it, it doesn't matter that TCU's been, you know, kind of um, at the bottom of the conference for a couple of years, you know, n- new coach and and a bunch of transfers. And all of a sudden, you know, they can they can make noise. And so, you know, I think it's hard to figure out how do we how do we truly do our best as a league to um, to balance the schedule in such a way where it's there's competitive balance and, and fairness. Um, and it's really hard to do. Like, I don't envy, I don't envy that job um, because I do think it's a tough thing. So, uh, but you also can't play 26 conference games, you know, like you can't, you can't play 30 conference games if you're playing everybody twice when we move to 16 games. So, or uh, 16 teams. So, you know, this is, this is what's getting ready to be normal. I've coached in the SEC where we've played 16 game schedules and, and so, like, I, I think this is actually more, in some ways, the norm. I mean, we were unique in that way with 10 teams to be able to do that. Um, so, you know, just kind of excited to see how our team, like, rises to the occasion of, of who's on our schedule, you know. And, and we, we are playing a really, really challenging conference schedule. Um, so, you know, we'll see where the preseason polls, like, put us and put the teams that we play twice. Uh, but we're going to have some really – really good games for our fans and uh, of our program, both at home and on the road. All right. And uh, Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley show ESPN central Texas, the everybody was kind of waiting to see that projected first game at foster pavilion. Uh, Men will open the night before against an Ivy league team and uh, Cornell, um, and and then of course on uh, January third, here come the frogs. And you're right, that'll be interesting because we won't know exactly. I mean, you know their personnel, uh, but it'll be interesting because it could be a whole different outfit. And it you know it obviously will. Uh, but what when you when you saw that and you think about like what that atmosphere could be like, and it's almost kind of like two opening nights back to back. It's going to be pretty neat, pretty, but also different. I mean, so weird to to and 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 I kind of heard you talking the other day. It's not like you're going to have a ton of time, probably, to kind of get comfortable in that environment and practice a lot in there and and all of that because things are still being built surrounding it. How do you uh, how do you view that uh, that opening with the TCU and? And you know how much excitement slash trepidation do you have at uh, at opening a new arena, kind of you know at the start of conference? 
Well, I think we always, you know, going back two years and, and talking about this, we had always said um, and have been under the impression that we would we would be opening Big 12 play um, 2024 in there. So I think, you know, I think the, the timing of the opening is certainly aligns um, with, you know, what, what I've known all along. I think the unique challenge in all of it is, you know, that the developmental the development center won't be open. So locker rooms, training rooms, weight rooms, you know, the things that, you know, support our program, you know, it'll, it'll be a little bit more like schools that have an arena on an off campus site that practice at one place and, and then go play, you know, their games there as opposed to it really being like technically home all the time, which we'll get to obviously in the 24, 25 season. Um, but I think the excitement around it, um, you know, the fans are going to make it a home court advantage. Like that period, the, you know, I mean, going back to Hoosiers, you know, the baskets are 10 feet high. <laughs> you know, the lighting will be good. We'll be using our same balls. Like, you know, um, certainly there isn't the familiarity and we won't probably have a ton of time on the court before we play there. Um, but I do think like, hey, the ball's going to bounce pretty nicely on the wooden court, you know, our, our balls will be the same and, and it's going to be about the fans. Like the, hopefully the fans will like get really excited and embrace it. And, you know, to start conference play um, with, with an in-state rival um, could make it really, really special. So definitely excited um, to, to see how that all unfolds. And, and, and I really do. I think that the fans make the, the experience. So, you know, that that's something that we can push for, um, push towards and be excited about. All right. And I understand, I think it was maybe last Tuesday here recently, the uh, Baylor women's program. Y'all had a cinematic experience uh, uh, premiere of a film that was made and it involved y'all's trip. And man, I've been hearing such awesome things about all that. And uh, in fact, I. That's part of the reason I think I am going to go ahead and splurge on this new, uh, oh, whatever, I got to pay, you know, the Baylor Plus thing, because I think I have to okay, do that. Okay, okay. I, to think, be able you can, to see I it. think you can do it. I feel, I feel good about, <laughs> about you forking up the uh, $9.99 or whatever it is. <laughs> I know. I, you know, as part of me thinks I've been doing this a long time, long-time Baylor guy, maybe they'll send me a, a freebie. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Uh, <laughs> so I'll be, uh, I will be forking it mm-hmm. over, and and I'll be enjoying that. But I mean, what a cool, what a cool scene that had to be. What is the as you get as you start practicing, uh, and boy, just the other day, first I know y'all been working out, so it's like it's kind of weird because it seems like the big start of something, but it's kind of a continuation. I guess you now have more time um, to work with. But like, how was was there kind of a a cool, uh, different feeling the other day in the gym? Like, okay, here we go, and and now now it kind of gets real as we have all these practices in the build up to the season. What did it feel like the other day? I think going back to when I was a player, even in my early days, whether it was October fifteenth or October first, and you know, Midnight Madness, and and th- those those certainly felt in some ways more special because there was, you know, it's a date circled and it's not based on your first game and counting back and all of that. But I'll tell you, I think that this is what 
we've been excited about. You know, it's it's we we backed off in September a lot because we've had the ten practices um, in July, and we didn't want it to feel like, hey, we started practice in July and we're just gonna go 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 like up until the the season starts. And so, you know, we were way more intentional in September about you know individual work and. And hopefully, you know, a lot of them getting off to great starts academically, um, because, you know, the biggest difference for the players is is the change in four hours a week of basketball to 20 hours a week. You know, it, it just it it changes the dynamic of how they how they go about their day, you know, and how much time is spent um, at the Farrell Center, you know, and, and time management and. Um, we're also hitting like kind of midterm stretches where a lot of them have, have tests right now. So I thought the energy was really, really good in typical preseason fashion. Um, you know, we, I felt like we had a really, really um, good day Monday. And then I thought we started okay on Tuesday and then we, we absolutely hit a wall and, you know, it, it just, we've got to be in better shape, you know, and you don't get in shape without playing your way into shape and, you can run all the line drills you want, but it's different when there's a ball in your hands and you're going for three minutes straight or four minutes straight. And, and so, you know, it was, you need to expose yourself in ways um, at this time of year so that, you know, you, you keep their attention. Like we're only as good as our last practice. Like we can't, you know, we, we can't rest, you know, and, and not want to put our foot on the gas and, and keep getting better day in and day out. Um, and so you, you have those lulls. I think the beauty of the way we do it now, the, the 30 and 42 days is you, you get to go hard for a couple of days in a row and then take a day off. Um, and it more mimics the season, you know, build up to a game, play a game, maybe have a day off. Um, and so I think from that perspective, there's absolutely no reason we're not going six straight days. Um, like you used to do in October, like when we started, in October back in the day, it was like six days on, one day off, six days on, one day off. Um, and now it's a little more two on, one off, three on, two off, you know, but but they get, you know, a little bit more regular breaks. They'll get a weekend off um, two times up until the season starts. So it, it allows it, it really is better um, for the student athletes. You know, it, it really is, you know, in terms of building towards the season and it not being like, okay, here we go. And it's, 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 it's when it's go time, it's okay. You're going to come up for air in April. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I do, I think the energy's good. Um, you know, we just, we've got to continue to get in better shape. And as we get tired, I mean, we execute at a high level when we're fresh. And then when we start to get tired, our decision-making our, 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 how we get back in transition, how we talk, um, how we screen, how we cut, you know, like you, you can't just be good up and down. You got to be good sideline to sideline and, and pace. Pace is just as important in the half court. So, you know, being in shape enough to be really, really good um, yeah. and make good decisions um, when we're tired. You know, uh, Nikki Collin on with us, the Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas. The schedule dropped earlier this week. Practice started. It's getting real um, and, and I just thought last year we had to spend so much time, uh, for obviously obvious reasons, you know, uh, Asia had her injury, Dre had the eligibility stuff and it was kind of like uh, talking about who you didn't have early in the season. It ends up, I guess the silver lining is 
players like Bugs, Bella, others, man, you had no choice. They had to go. Now, with all these reinforcements you've brought in, whether it be Danae, Yaya, Jada, Letty, Madison, the whole gang, um, how's it, like, it's got to be kind of interesting for you in practice to have so much depth. I know you're having to bring Sarah along slowly, but how are you kind of already seeing the signs of man? Look at these possibilities, and it has to feel a lot different knowing it's almost going to be more like how do I get all these folks minutes rather than how do I get through a game sometimes. Yeah, like too much talent is is a good problem to have as a coach. Um, you know, we certainly thought we had that last year, I think. You said it, um, thrusting, look, um, Bella and Bugs, they were going to play last year. It wasn't a matter of would, would they yeah. play. They were good enough. Yeah. They were they were ready enough. Um, but the way we had to play them and rely on them and at times, you know, late in games, you know, Caitlin's fouled out and we've got two freshmen in at the 4-5 battling in late late game regulation overtime. Like they, they absolutely got thrown into the fire. And I think that the, the beauty of that is it builds toughness and confidence and, um, you know, you, you experience. So they come back as sophomores with a ton more experience um, and, and less worried about the pressure. I mean, I, I think, you know, I always say like our first year, we met the wrong team at the wrong time with, with Sarah with playing with a broken wrist at the end of that year. But you know, I, I finished that year being like just really discouraged because I really not discouraged overall, but how we finished because I felt like that team had Final Four ability. Um, I thought last year with with Dre being out, with Asia getting hurt, I felt like we when the season ended, coming back against Alabama and, and playing UConn really really well for two and a half quarters, you know, I felt like okay, we have something to build on, and I'm proud of how we. The games that we won, we, we lost some games maybe we shouldn't have lost or when you look back, you. but we also won some really challenging games on the road and that we could be really proud about. So, you know, it's kind of like, wh- where are we at now? And, and, you know, unfortunately, and this is just the nature um, across the board, I think if you interview any coach across the country, you know, we, we, we're more careful. We're more careful with players and how we bring them back. We know more, you know, in the old days, it used to be, you got an x-ray and it was either broken or it wasn't, you know, and, and now we have bone scans and MRIs and, and we see hot spots and pre-stress fractures and, you know, like we, we just really careful. So, you know, we're practicing with nine or 10 right now um, consistently. So you have 13 on the roster, but you're holding people out, you're being careful. And so as much as you think like, yeah, I've got 13 guys, like I can't wait to have a practice with 13 players or, or, or even 12 where we can go five on five and have a sub on both teams. And so it just goes to show you how valuable, you know, our dream team or our male practice squad is um, so that, you know, we can work on some of the lineups that we want to work on um, that you can't do if you only have 10 people and it's five on five, um, you know, you've got to keep people at certain positions and it's harder to bounce them around because I think one of the strengths of this group is our versatility and our ability to be um, maybe big at the two, three, four, and but small at the five. So super versatile and it's kind of small ball, but it's not. 
um, because we're we're six one across the board, um, two through five. Um, we don't really have a big point guard in any lineup, so we'll never be six one across the board. But um, but then we can also be huge, you know, and and be big on the wing and big in the post. We can be small on the wing and big in the post. Like we have such a variety of ways where I think we can be really effective um, playing a lot of different people in a lot of different ways, you know. But it it starts with them kind of building. Um, that on-court, um, you know, chemistry, and that's hard to do when you, you've got pieces coming and going. And so I'm going to be excited to get Sarah back on the court soon um, just to see. Like, she's just – she's the one player we have with true experience with the ball in her hands. Um, and so um, as good as we are, you know, everybody else is learning. Jada's learning how to run the point for our program. Yaya's learning – how to play with players around her that that are really talented, you know, and, and make the right decision. Sometimes the hockey assist is the right play. You don't have to be the person that scores or assists. You just need to make the right basketball play. And so a um, lot of talent, a lot of talent in the gym, um, but, but still some challenges kind of getting um, them all healthy enough to see, see what the different combinations can look like. All right. Uh, well, this was fun. I'd been looking forward to it. I mean, I'm looking at, and I, I'm, I'm a big, I like social, uh, media. Um, you know, we both do a little bit. And so I kind of like to see how everybody puts their schedules out, who they put, like, I think this is, uh, yeah, bugs is on one of these things y'all put out here getting ready to go in. So hey, I just, this, uh, and I, I just can't even believe like even in football this year, it's like, wait, where, where's Oklahoma and Oklahoma state? on the schedule. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, wait, why, why is Oklahoma, why am I only seeing Oklahoma on here once on February 14th? Um, which isn't that a big day or something? Uh, I mean, that's, uh, it's just the whole thing kind of baffles me, but again, uh, we'll all get used to it, settle in, and then we'll welcome in four new teams. <laughs> it'll, it'll yeah. get really yeah, imbalanced. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know, like, I know we, I know the men's side of the big 12 is going to consistently push the narrative that it's the best comp, conference in the country and and they have the numbers and the statistics and all that to back that up you know I I think sometimes what's underappreciated is is how the big 12 on the women's side has grown exponentially in the last few Mm -hmm. years um and and how much deeper the league is and how the portal is going to change um things in general and then you add four teams three of whom that that made the NCAA tournament last year um, so obviously losing two really good programs in Texas and Oklahoma, but, you know, kind of the the new darling in, in, in Arizona and, and, you know, Colorado broke through and, you know, obviously they're, they're the talk of the media world and football. So, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, the, you know, I mean, it's just, um, it's just a unique time in sports yeah. and, and, you know, if, if you're going to be a traditionalist, like, you got to let that go. Like it, it, we all have a little bit of that in us. I mean, I grew up in big 10 country. I mean, I was yeah. born in Michigan and raised in Ohio, Indiana, Wisconsin. Like the big 10 was the big 10. The big 10 is going to feel different, you know, with mm-hmm. USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington, but you know, this is where we're at. So it, it's kind of like, you can either, you can either fight it, but you're going to lose. Like, so you, you know, you got to figure out a way yeah. to, kind of enjoy where it's headed and it doesn't mean it's not going to have its pitfalls, but mm-hmm. you know, it's a different world and you know, we, we just have to ride it. And so, yeah. um, you know, I think there's, there's more good than bad. And, you know, I think about 
a month, a month and a half after I was hired that seeing that Texas and Oklahoma were, were leaving the Big 12 and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and NIL was starting. And I remember being on, you know, Zooms with Mac and Dave and Scott, you know, and Mac asking us questions and like, what are your priorities? Like, we want to keep the Big 12 together, but if we can't, you know, you know, do you have a pre- preference, ACC, Pac-12? So to be sitting mm. here two years later um, in the position, the way the Big 12 has maneuvered themselves in yeah. the landscape, um, you know, like I know Mac had a big part of that. Obviously, um, the commissioner did as well, uh, yeah. the biggest part in that. But I, I just think we've positioned ourselves to to be relevant. And I think there was a moment where there, that people were questioning is the big 12 going to survive this, you know, and here we are um, with an opportunity to thrive. And, and so mm-hmm. kudos to, you know, the administration for, for putting us in this situation. Yes. Our league looks a lot different. Um, and there are challenges with that. There are travel challenges, there are scheduling challenges, but um, the positives far out, you know, exceed the negatives yeah. and, and just, just grateful to kind of um, be where we're at. Yep, and I'm glad you didn't uh, lobby too hard for the Pac-12, <laughs> given what we uh, what we saw happen. But uh, well, that was fun, Nikki. Look forward to talking to you throughout the season. Always great to catch up, and uh, appreciate you uh, being on with us today. And uh, can't wait to to see the team come together. Thank you. It's good to catch up. You bet. There she goes, Nikki Collin, Baylor women's basketball coach on with us and uh, next we'll catch up on the rangers the magic number is down to one or two depending on how you look at it that's next